G'day you mob, welcome to this episode of The Goss, where I sit down with my old man every single week and chat to him about what's been going on in the news, whether down under or elsewhere in the world. We kind of just sit down, have a, an impromptu conversation, you know, sometimes we've looked up stories online and we try and touch on those, give our opinions and also give you guys the down low about what's been going on. But yeah, the whole point is to give you all sorts of different topics that we talk about in English to help you learn the vocab and just how to talk about these topics when they come up in conversation, right? To help you form your own opinion. Whether you agree with us or not, the whole point here is to just give you content to absorb, to listen to and to use to better inform yourselves, come up with your own opinions expand your English and allow you to talk about these issues yourself. Anyway, today is the first part of sort of two episodes that we did on the same day. So, the first one here, we talk about Australian currency and how it used to be an imperial system like England, where we had the pound and shillings and pence, and that in 1966, we switched over to the metric system. And we also talk about how the Australian Mint thinks that five and ten cent pieces are going to disappear. Dad talks about the transition period, what it was like back in the 60s, and pub games they used to play. We talk about counterfeit money in Australia. And then we switch gears and talk about car accidents. There was a tragic car accident in Australia because of a drink driver. So, we talk about drink driving. And then we get on to how coronavirus victims who were Australians ended up in Christmas Island being quarantined for a few weeks. And then we also talk about why Christmas Island is set up the way it is and why um, it's used for illegal immigrants or asylum seekers in Australia. So, there's quite a lot in this episode. But anyway... Let's dive in, guys. Give that kookaburra a cheeky poke. Let's start it playing, and I will see you in the episode. Dad, what's going on? Hey, Pete. Yeah, well, um, we're a few days delayed for uh, your listeners who are not going to know because this will go up in sequence. But, uh, yeah, I've been uh, working on Wednesdays and uh, then been sick for a couple of days, but uh, I'm back. I know, you're back. So, how are you feeling now? Are you feeling better? You're all- All fired up for another session. Herman Chipper? Yeah, yeah. So, what's been going on in the news this week? Um, What's the story? The one from last week that we we actually didn't touch on because we had so much other stuff to talk about was the um, the change in currency potentially. Well, it's not it's a change not official in yet. No, but it's not official yet. But the rumours are out now that we're going to drop our five and ten cent pieces yeah. from our uh, circulating currency. So, do you want to talk about the history there of um, Australian currency and, and dive into that a little bit? Oh uh, yeah, why not? We could do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting. Because I've lived through it. Uh, yeah. I've lived through the whole decimal currency thing. Because what it was changed it again? Over. In uh, February uh, 14, 1966, we changed mm-hmm. from the- what, what was the jingle? Were you going to sing it Oh, no, no, you don't want me to sing, I promise you. In, but what is it? Yeah, in come the dollars, in come the cents, out, out go, go the, the pounds, pounds, and out yeah. go the pence. The pence, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. On the 14th yeah. of February, 1966. Yeah. And that was even built into the jingle, so it's just implanted in people who are my age. So, what happened? They had a- we had the British currency system. We had the British currency system. It was Australian notes and coins, but yeah. they were- 
completely tied to the British sterling. So our, one Australian pound equaled one English pound, one shilling was one English shilling and so and on. It was a pretty confusing system because it wasn't metric, right? Yeah, and that was it was one of those weird things where I grew up at primary school with uh, pound, shillings and pence as our currency yeah. and um, trying to, and that was one of the challenges when you know, I was in third grade, so eight, nine years old when that happened, when the change happened. But that was just at about the time in your education where you start doing applied arithmetic so it wasn't just adding up numbers it was well what if we add you know, the equivalent now would be a dollar ten to 75 cents yeah and that's relatively simple because it's obviously decimal but uh, when they were saying add one pound two shillings and sixpence to seven seven shillings and nine pence then you had to know that there were different numbers yeah there were different numbers well, of pennies to a shilling and different shillings yeah. to a pound what were and, they um, a pound was 20 shillings yeah. And a shilling was 12 pence, pennies. So, why was it set up that way? Who knows? <laughs> Who decided? Has it just uh, been that way for hundreds of years? I, I think, I think, yeah, this is a complete guess. Um, but I think that those um, original English sterling came from uh, value of coins that were being minted out of silver. Okay. And so, a pound, I think, was a pound coin of, um, you know, not a pound in weight it would be a worth a lot more than a pound of <laughs> yeah, silver Jesus but Christ. but i think those sort of coins so i think it really just did come down to well what does this actually equal uh, yeah. in value at the time and then it just became a historical sort of anomaly where you ended up with these ridiculous things of and that, that whole imperial measurement system um which you know was invented in britain as well um where you have you know 12 inches to a foot Three foot to a yard, twenty-two yards to a chain, eight chains to a mile. Yeah, to all those all sort of things don't make any sense. Of, how so. did that happen with a lot of these units? Was it that lots of different places used different units of mm. measurement? So that some places would use, you know, a foot to measure distance. Others would use a yard. Yeah, and then they, they actually, came but, together but, and tried but they to they unite them. Did, but they actually did add up. That's the weird thing. It wasn't like yeah. you know, one group of people decided that they were going to use a foot as a linear measure for something that, you know, foot was 30 centimetres yeah. uh, or 30.48 centimetres. But yeah. it wasn't as if somebody did that until the metric system was invented um, where you had, you know, like a foot is 30.48 centimetres. It wasn't random. Yeah, <laughs> People had actually decided. So they were building yeah. you know, new measures and measures that were useful for the things that they were doing. So you know, a chain, um, which was 22 yards or 66 feet, literally was the length of a chain that was used by surveyors. That was the, the amount of chain that they actually could physically carry and manage to measure things. So it was chained so that it was metal and it didn't stretch. Yeah. Um, but was that because links so, were of a certain Yeah. Yeah, well, they made, uh, the, size. Yeah, made the links. But, yeah, it was sort of like, well, yeah, a 22-yard chain was about as heavy a thing that one or two people could measure. Yeah. And they used to literally just flip them around and spin a chain yeah, around. That's yeah. 22 yards, next one's 44, next one's yeah. 66, and so on. Why it was ever 22 yards, who knows? But it probably made some sense when it was originally made. It, it always blows my mind because, yeah, obviously Britain had the imperial system for a long time. The French came up with the metric system, right? Mm. And then, I mean, I don't know, my history and the timing of these things isn't very solid, but I imagine that the British colonised America, yep. they gave them and the imperial Canada. system yeah. and Canada as well. And they came to Australia, brought the imperial system as well. Why did America have the dollar... And yet they still use the imperial system for everything else. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I think currency and, and measurement were sort of separate. Yeah. But 
um, yeah, it's weird that the Americans dropped the English currency system and created a dollar. Well, I can uh, imagine that was to do with their own independence. Cents. Yeah, they right. wanted to make, you know, when they but made their own. Why not do it with the measurements and everything too? I know. To make yeah. more sense. And right? yeah, the, the irony is that the only two countries in the world now, I thought there may well be a few small colonies around that, or ex-colonies around, but uh, the only two major countries in the world now that are still using the imperial measurement is the United States and the United Kingdom. Well, so. it's weird too, because the United States publicly uses those numbers, but all of the scientific world over there uses the metric system. Yeah, including in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well, that's what I mean, yeah, in, in yeah, the United States. Yeah. So, there are, you quite often, quite often have to know the two, right? And yeah. Fahrenheit is confusing as hell because negative 30 is zero Celsius, right? You know, negative- 30, 32 Fahrenheit oh, 32 is zero Fahrenheit Celsius. 32 Fahrenheit is, yeah, yeah, so that's the freezing point. But yeah. Again, Fahrenheit made no sense. Yeah. I think that was just, um, and I presume it was- um, Mr. Fahrenheit, and mm. this is you know, from, this is way back in the history of my understanding German? of science. Yeah. And, yeah, Mr. Fahrenheit, who invented the thermometer, um, clearly just invented a thermometer, put a scale on it, yeah. and then measured the freezing and boiling points of water. Whereas what happened with, with <laughs> so, Celsius, they worked out, okay, we're going to make 100 the boiling point of water and, and zero, zero yeah, the they freezing said, we'll, we'll point, and the, we'll put 100 We'll take that as the that. common scale that yeah. people you know, are familiar with, yeah. and we'll make that 100 degrees. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a bit weird. But, yeah, so decimal currency. So, we went from pound, shillings and pence to yep. dollars and cents in yep. 1966. And the original uh, currency that came out was a 1, 2, 5, 10, 20 and 50 cent piece. So, yep. coins. And what were the The ones and twos were copper. And the fives up to 50s were notionally silver, although they didn't contain much silver. I think it was mostly nickel. Mm. Uh, well, they had that in the first um, few years. They had too much silver in the, the 50, 50 cent, cent pieces. Yeah, the, the round were... 50 cent piece that was originally made uh, when, they, when they created it uh, was just prior to a surge in the silver price. Mm. And so, it ended up with a lot more than 50 cents worth of silver in it. So, people were melting them down yeah. um, to get the silver out. And um, so they, the the mint made a new fifty cent piece fairly quickly. The irony now is that if you've got one of those original fifty cent pieces, uh, the round ones, they're worth a lot more as a collector's item than yeah. the silver that's contained in well, them. Well, because they're because just chewing they through them. They were so right? rare. Yeah, yeah, they're gone yeah. and so, they're round. Uh, so why do they make them? What would you call a twelve sided? Um, I, I think they want it. to make it completely different from the original round fifty. Yeah, so it's so a it's like a hexagon a times two. Yeah, yeah. dodecahedron. Is, yeah, no, so dodecagon, twelve sides. Not hedron. Hedron is uh, three dimensional, but dodecagon. yeah, a dodecagon. It's, yeah, so it's got twelve sides to it. So yeah, it's pretty unique. Yeah, it is. It's a weird one, but yeah, it's they wanted to make it different enough from the original fifty. It's the same size, but it's yeah. no longer round. And we had a one, a two, a five, a ten, and a twenty dollar note. Uh, the $50 notes were added a long time later and then the yeah. hundreds after that. Yeah. And then we dropped the ones and twos and mm-hmm. turned those into coins. Oh, that, there's that story. In fact, I think I've got it up here somewhere. There's a dollar note that someone tipped me with oh, yeah. in the restaurant yeah. and they hadn't been to, to in Australia for 30 years or something. Yeah, and they still had them. And they still had it in their wallet or whatever. Yeah. And they were just like, here's a dollar. I don't think they're legal tender anymore. But, I have no idea. Um, no, yeah. but they're, they're probably worth more to a collector than they are on you know, a dollar I was just on, like, the, I'll keep that. on the street. But was it confusing going through that that process of changing currencies or was it relatively um, smooth i think it was i was nine years old as i said at the time so well, ironically that's probably half, the time yeah. when i stopped seeing ones and two cent 
pieces being used in Australia, right? They took yeah. those out of, yeah. out of yeah, um, exactly. circulation. Uh, so, for us, it was something new to learn. But at that age, you learn new stuff all yeah. the time. So, it wasn't really confusing. But did your parents there have are a, a lot hard of, time? There are a lot of older people, I think, who just continued to do the conversion in their head. Yeah. Like, you could do the conversion because a dollar was half a pound. So, yeah. $2 was a pound. And we even made the, uh, the $2 note green like the one pound note. So, yeah. that- you could recognise it immediately as, well, this is worth a pound. Um, and uh, we used to have a 10-shilling note that was brown like our $1 note. So, again, that was uh, very similar. Um, and the coins were made same sizes so that uh, sixpence, six pennies, which became five cents, um, were the same size. They were, the same, they were basically interchangeable. Yeah. Um, the 10-cent and the shilling were the same. The 2-shilling and the 20-cents were the same. Uh, there was no equivalent of a 50 cent piece, um, in the, cause two shillings was the biggest coin that you had, uh, other than going way back to where we had a crown, which was two and a half shillings worth, but and we never used that in Australia. What were guineas? A guinea they- was one pound ten pence. So was, yeah. Is that a coin though? One, or a it, note? Was, it was. No. Or just it, a measurement. It, it was just a, measure- a number. Yeah. And again, I think that was originally a, um, a measure that was related to the non-notes uh, and coins. It would probably would have been coming yeah. from... So There would have been a guinea piece at some stage, a coin that was made out of a particular value. Well, and I assume it's related to New Guinea. No. Right? The name, at least. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I don't sure. know about it's the, the same spelling, but yeah, I'm yeah. not sure where the... Or guinea, guinea pig? And guinea, and, <laughs> or guinea, the, the country, and then New Guinea, the next country. I don't know where that um, origin comes from. We'll have yeah. to look that one up. There's a question on notice to look up for next time. Yeah, because that's the only time you see that weird word, right? Guinea pigs. Yeah. Um, New Guinea, Guinea, and a guinea, as in the, the currency yeah, it's all the same value. spelling, but I'm yeah. not sure what the origin of the, um, the thing was. Yeah, so... Um, the the one you're talking about the one dollar note that you got the the two dollar note was the one that I missed when that disappeared mm. uh, because I remember we used to play this game a pub game uh, when I was about eighteen or nineteen and um, you the way the two dollar note was built back in those days the, we were using paper and um, it was a very particular sort of paper but to make it a lot more difficult to counterfeit they put a metal thread through the paper. And it wasn't cut in exactly the same location every time. It was, you know, it was obviously put through a cutting machine, mm. and the cutting machine would be a few millimetres out onto where the metal thread actually was in the paper when they were cutting them. And, and then they obviously went and printed them and so on. But the uh, the $2 note on one side of the note had John MacArthur, who was one of the original um, wealthy people in Australia and effectively created the sheep industry, the wool industry in Australia. Yeah. Um, so he was commemorated on the $2 note. And they used to, ha- and they had pictures of sheep on it, and the largest sheep, the nose of the largest sheep, was about aligned with where the metal thread went through. <laughs> so we used to have this game called sheep races, and because of the inconsistency in where the metal thread was, the sheep would either be short of the line, on the line, or past the line. So you um, all week you'd collect your best two dollar note to see the one who had the sheep that was the furthest past the line and then this is back in the days of 10 o'clock closing in pubs so a bell would ring at quarter to 10 in the pub and it was for last drink so you couldn't order a drink after that time and so that bell used to be the sheep races thing for uh, our group of friends and we'd all pull our two dollar note out and um, whoever 
had the sheep the furthest past used to take all of the two dollar notes, so uh, you'd win it. Uh, but you had to sign uh, completely illegal, you know, defacing the Queen's currency. You had to <laughs> sign your winning note, so you couldn't reuse yeah. the good one next time, yeah. and you had to go and collect them again. So when the two dollar notes went, that pub game just disappeared. So, oh, that's so uh, sad. It was a funny one. It was a, and I talk about that to people all the time, as particularly in Australia. Nobody can remember. Nobody knows. So, But in the, the one bar, in the one pub yeah. where I grew up, it was just a common thing. So somebody <laughs> obviously invented it there, but it never it, it never got any currency, if you'll excuse the pun, mm, uh, because the $2 on. notes disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I wonder if there is anything like that, that that happens with the current notes. Yeah, um, there may be. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Other than just naming them by colour. Yeah. Yeah. The pineapple, the lobster. There's even a few doubles, right? Sort of, yeah. I've seen like the the green ghost as well as the green tree frog. And, yeah, and a few yeah. of those. Sorts a few of, of those. Yeah. Uh, based on colour, um, but of course now our notes are no longer paper; they're mm-hmm. plastic. So made a particular. Well, and it's funny with hundred dollar notes, you never see them unless you pull them out of the bank, right? I'm yeah, not sure uh, you that's don't, always the case. Well, you never with get the highest denomination. Well, the thing is, you can't get them as change. Yeah. So if you go to a, you go somewhere and yeah, you can't give a higher note than a hundred. Well, unless you get hundred back unless in someone's change. buying something off you, right? Unless, yeah, yeah, unless somebody's yeah, paying you for things. So that yeah, really yeah. the only place that people typically get them yeah. is in yeah high cash transactions or going to a bank to get cash out. So they're nearly always mint. That's yeah. the weird thing that well, you never see a crushed up hundred dollar note. Isn't there some crazy story, too, where $100 notes, it's something like um, all have traces of cocaine on them or something because they've (laughs) they've gone around. They tend to be used much more by people buying illegal, illicit things in bulk. Yeah. Well, that was probably true back in the paper days. I'm not sure now. Especially in America, in uh, Miami. Yeah. The plastic (laughs) ones are not obviously going to absorb as much. Um, as they do in uh, as, as paper, but although in um, they were paper in Australia, but the notes in the United States are not made out of paper, um, as in they're not cellulose from wood. It's still hemp. They're made at, no, is they're made out else? of um, cotton and linen oh. uh, because uh, cotton linen weave is is much tougher than paper. It doesn't yeah. rip uh, as it. easily, you but you can still burn it. You can still burn it. Yeah, yeah. And so the funny thing about that is Australia was the first place in the world to have plastic notes. Yeah, and now several other countries, including Canada, for example. Britain, and New Britain, Zealand, I and, assume. And they, as far as I know, certainly Canada and New Zealand um, both use the Australian polymer. Well, that's our so, invention. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was one of our inventions. And, and so we send the polymer overseas. Yeah. And they, they obviously print their own. Their mints print their own. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. use our plastic to do it. And it's, it's, it's that, obviously, it's a unique form of plastic, so it's easy to detect, uh, relatively easy to detect uh, forgeries, but it also is an easy one to create holograms in, so that we have little blank spots with holograms yeah. and those sort of things in them. So uh, I was uh, When I was getting the money out recently to buy that car that yeah. we, we went up and bought, and you guys will hear this on another episode that's probably already released by the time you hear this episode, um, but I pulled out $20,000 worth of cash from the bank, and the lady was like, uh, I don't know if we have that much. Ended up having that much. And I was chatting to her whilst she was counting it out. And I was, um, she was mentioning something about forgeries. And I'm like, is that still a problem? Mm. Like, you guys still get forgeries? Because I would have thought because of these polymer banknotes, it's just so difficult to try and, you know, forge these yeah. that you would never see them. And she's like, all the time. Yeah. You know, every week or two. in particular. Yeah. Well, and she was saying that what happens is people forge them- um, small, you know, mums, mum and pop groups like do the forgeries at home and they go into places like McDonald's during rush hour mm. where there's a young kid behind the till and they break a big note buying something very small like a hamburger for two bucks. Yeah, exactly. Get so the you change, get $48 out and of then a bail. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the kid obviously just puts it through McDonald's 
cash register till yeah, whatever, yeah. they come to the bank with the cash at the end of the night or the end of the week. Mm. And then there's all the forged notes that have been broken at the um at the restaurant. Yeah, and, and like, so I, that's I'm how not, it's done these I'm days. Sure. I was thinking yeah, big, it, big size things. Like they you know, there's someone has a briefcase full of a million dollars worth of forged notes and they go and buy a house or, or with yeah, cash no, or whatever. It's, but it's this sort of stuff. The yeah, minor- and the, the I haven't seen them recently, but I know that the previous because we've had two rounds of the plastic notes now where we've changed the design and changed some of the structure in them. And I believe, um, and this is hearsay, but um, I believe that the reason we went for the second round was because they were more difficult to forge. Yeah. Because uh, I remember when the first plastic notes came out, I got a forgery. Really? Um, yeah, and and I got it out of an ATM. So yeah. clearly, even the, the banks are getting well, tricked. Yeah, the ATMs and yeah, even though they're branded banks, they're actually managed by a third party uh, company. But so they're putting the uh, cash. Yeah, in, not and the bank. and so um, yeah, and the irony was it was this is back in the days before it was easy to transfer money backwards and forwards before internet banking. You couldn't transfer money backwards and forwards between different banks very Online. easily. Um, and so I was paying off a credit card bill, and so I walked to the ATM in one bank. Took out five hundred dollars, so it came out as ten fifties. Walked across the road to the other bank, handed over my ten fifties to pay off five hundred dollars off my credit card, and the teller looked at one and just said, "This is a forgery. Mm. How did you get this?" And I said, "I just got it out of the ATM across the road, and I still had my ATM's you know, yeah receipt." Yeah. And and he said, "Well, I can't take it." go back over the road to the other bank. So I yeah. went back over the road to the other bank and said, look, I have no way of proving that this actually came out of your machine, but yeah. it did. Yeah. And so they looked up my account and went, yes, we can see that you've just taken $500 yeah. out out of our machine. Yeah. Uh, and so they honoured it. They actually took it back and changed it over. But uh, that was how common they were, that they were even appearing in ATMs back in those days. So, so note to self, if you find yourself with a- uh- With a dodgy looking- <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah. a 50 or something. Take out 500 bucks, put a good 50 in your pocket, put that 50 back in the 500 bucks and go back into the bank to ask them to change it over and honour it. Yeah, yeah. So, what's happening? They're getting rid of the five and 10 cent pieces. You know, 20 minutes later, we'll get to the actual story. We actually get to the news story. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the reason we got rid of ones and twos uh, is because they were no longer of any value. Uh, you know, you, you can't now, it's the same with fives and tens. There's almost nothing that you would walk into a store and pay five cents for and walk out. Or one cent um, or two cents. Yeah, with those or, yeah and ones and twos 20 and years ago. you don't want to be carrying around a fistful of no, copper one no. cent coins yeah, to exactly. get yourself a 10 yeah. cent unlike, candy. Unlike, yeah, catch up America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, that's one of the things. I used to travel in North America a lot with mm. work. And uh, that was one of the things that just drove me nuts. And in fact, it drove everybody nuts because almost every cash store, particularly, you know, small stores where you have handling cash. Mm-hmm. So if you walk into yeah, a 7-Eleven or you know some convenience store to buy a drink or something, you're very rarely going to, you know, then anyway, a few years ago, you wouldn't use your credit card. So you'd use cash. Yeah. And apart from the fact that you know, Americans put the tax on after the price. Yeah. So a $2 item will cost you $2.21. That always irritated me on the, nuts. on the holiday when we yeah, when you, you get kids. your money right, you get your money ready to go to Mac's or whatever. $2 drink. Yeah. yeah, here's $2 and they'll be yeah, like, it's $2. Dollars ten or whatever, yeah, yeah. I know. and so yeah, so you end up with these just random amounts of uh, of money everywhere, and then for random amounts of change, yeah. But because they have no two cent coin, then you end up with yeah. If you've got something in it that ends in a one or a six, you end up with four one cent pieces, four pennies. Mm. Ironically, the Americans it's a one cent coin, but they call them a penny. <laughs> Work that out. The imperial um, system, yeah. And um, so you end up with just 
piles of crap. You know, yeah, there's a whole lot of you know, shrapnel, <laughs> one cent pieces. And but most pla- most of those places now just have a little jar or a little tray out the front, yeah. saying "Give a penny, take a penny." So if you know, people would just get the four ah. pennies in their change, toss them in there. Yeah. But if then something came out as this is going to cost you a you know. Two dollars and one cent. You'd take the one cent out and out of the tray and give it to them, rather than having to carry your own around. My sort of my sort of memory of the one one pennies from the US is watching. I think it was Home and Alone two when they're in New York, and Marv is walking around with the other guy, Joe Pesci, the small guy with the the beanie that's getting burnt at the top. (laughs) Marv's the big lanky guy, and I remember him putting um, tape on his hands. Like double sided tape, yeah. and then walks past a Santa who's like busking and just shoves his hand in the in the pot <laughs> yeah. of coins and, and pulls and out so a fist and it's just covered, covered in one in cent, one cent uh, or pe- pennies, yeah. 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 And being like, "Wow!" And the the guy's just like, "Good job, Marv. You got yourself about a dollar." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they're changing. Yeah, so we're yeah the potential now is to drop fives and tens. And yeah. look, I know when um, Singapore updated their currency a few years ago, yeah. and the lowest coin they have there, I think, is a ten now. Uh, New Zealand updated their currency a few years ago. I think the lowest they have now is a 10. So, fives and tens are almost useless. Um, the challenge is going to be, and uh, another sort of random story about you know, Ian's belligerence when he goes shopping, is when we um, first dropped the one-cent pieces, um, our postage was still 49 cents. Yeah. And I walked into a post office and I was just posting one letter and I said, I want a 49 cent stamp. And they said, that'll be 50 cents. And I said, no, you have to give me a one cent stamp in charge. G'day, mate. That was the first half of this episode of The Goss. If you would like to continue watching or continue listening to this episode, make sure that you sign up for the premium podcast or academy memberships at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get full access to these entire episodes of this series and much, much more. You can go check that out using the links below or just go to aussieenglish.com.au. Once again, thank you so much for joining me, mate, and I will see you next time. Peace.